Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Welcome America, thank you for joining us. I sure do appreciate it. The chat room is open. This show is dedicated to Delta Force Army Master Sergeant Joshua L. Wheeler, age 39 of Roland, Oklahoma. He was killed in action October 22nd in Kirkuk Province, Iraq, from wounds received by enemy small arms fire during a Delta Force operation in which 69 lives were saved. Master Sergeant Wheeler did not know those to whom he gave his life. He was assigned headquarters, United States Army Special Operations Command, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. The distinguished Master Sergeant enlisted in the United States Army in 1995 as an infantryman. He served a total of 14 deployments in support of the War on Terror, three as a member of the 75th Ranger Regiment and 11 as a member of Delta Force. He was awarded 11 Bronze Star Medals, including four for valor. He leaves behind a wife and four children. May God comfort the searing pain and sorrow of this Gold Star family today and every day. May we, the people, take the reins of our governance to ensure his family is treated with dignity and that they are cared for in a manner befitting such an enormous sacrifice of this warrior hero. May we daily strive to be worthy of his sacrifice on our behalf.
Do you understand the massive sacrifice? that this young man has made for our country. He enlisted in 1995 as an infantryman. Fourteen deployments. Do you understand? Let's do the math there. Fourteen deployments. You know what that means? No less than seven months. And as a member of Delta Force, one of the most secret organizations ever in the United States military, his family had no idea where he even was or when he was going. The training is the most rigorous in the United States military. Top secret, everything. A wife and four children. May we be worthy of his sacrifice on our behalf. We're still at war. We are still at war. Today, I thought I would do something different. I don't know why. I just couldn't. God wasn't giving me which direction to go, and I'm going a different direction uh, than many of you are probably used to on the Monday show, but that's okay. If if you're hearing things of God and that offends you, today's show is probably not the one for you. But this is what I was moved to do. This is what I was moved to say. Fear. What in the world are you afraid of? Where do you go when there's nowhere left to run from fear? Master Sergeant Wheeler, you know, he didn't run from fear. He didn't run. He ran into the fire. He ran into the fray. He ran into the danger. And he rescued 69 people he didn't even know. I'm sure he saved countless lives since 1995. Where do you go when there's nowhere to run from fear? There's no no place left. No place left. Today's show, I'm going to really talk frankly and openly. I, I don't know. You know, this might not be for you. I, you know, they say never to say that, but this just might not be for you. This show might not be for you if you're not a a faith person, but maybe if you're not a faith person, maybe this is exactly what you need to hear. I don't know. But today I'm going to talk frankly and openly about the medical, physiological impact and effect of fear on the human body, the brain, the mental outlook of a human being experiencing fear. I'm going to mention this several times, so get used to it. There's a great book called Stress for Success by Dr. James Lohr. Now that's spelled different than you would think. L-O-E-H-R, Lohr, L-O-E-H-R. Stress for Success. Listen, folks, book's been around a long time, since the 90s. I'm telling you, one of the greatest books I think I've ever read. Stress for Success. It's going to be a great resource for you. Number two, we're going to talk about the potential sources of fears in the world. 
the potential sources of fears in the world. The potential sources, this is number three, the potential sources of fears in eternity. Wherever you are prepared to spend eternity. You say, I haven't chosen. Well, you've made a choice not to choose. And then the medical, physiological impact and effect of faith on the human body, the brain, and the mental outlook of a human being experiencing and living faith. Look, a really wise person told me, fear will increase as we enter further into the end times, predicted in the revelation of Yeshua to Yochanan, which is the actual Hebrew word for Jesus, Yeshua, and Yochanan is John in Hebrew. We've created a word we call John to match Yochanan. You see, that's where we are, folks. We're living in the end times. Remember what the scripture reveals to us in, in the gospel according to Luke. Men's It actually says this. Men's hearts will stop from fear. We're told not to be afraid. But I'm here to tell you, folks, you know if you listen to this show, and, the, and, and my listeners are really connected listeners. You people know what's going on in the world. You listen to this show, you know there's lots to fear. There's lots that's worthy of our fear. Where do you go when there's nowhere left to run from fear? I'm here to tell you, reject the lies of the enemy and reflect on the promises of God. Remember that book, by the way. Stress, the guy's a Christian, by the way, Dr. James Lohr, L-O-E-H-R. Remember, I don't get a penny for you buying the book. I just found it very much a blessing. I really did. I mean, it's a pivotal book, and it came along, couldn't have been at a more pivotal time in my life, quite honestly. Fear whacks the body, the brain. Fear is whack. As my buddy Philly Bob says, fear is whack. Fear actually and physically damages the mind and the body over time and in the moment. It doesn't just hurt you down the road. It hurts you right then. You can't make a decision. The devastating effect of fear on decision-making is tremendous because if you're locked down in this fear... You can't make a decision. You just can't. And it's demoralizing. And what it becomes really is learned helplessness. Learned helplessness is created by long-term fear, such as the government. You know what? The government right now is creating an atmosphere of, say it with me, fear. Fear. In the book Stress for Success, uh, Dr. Lohr talks about fear being an example of linear stress. We're going to talk about linear and oscillating stress today. I'm going to talk more about that in a few minutes. But I thought it would be fun today, you know, just for fun, to solicit some of my friends as to um, topics, potential topics of discussion, if they were the host today. And my buddy Steve, he said, uh, the mass of out-of-town trick-or-treaters at my house, and that cracked me up. It just absolutely cracked me up. I laughed so hard, and this is what I responded. While that is an issue of national importance, maybe let's see what other ideas we can come up with. And, boy, we did come up with some other ideas 
My friend Sonia, who I got to meet, she and her husband Bill for the first time at my Uncle Carrie's funeral. First time ever live and in person. Been Facebook friends for a while. Uh, but, you know, we got to meet in person. It was great to, to meet both of them. Christians being so high-minded about political candidates that they tell themselves it's more principled to stay home and not vote, allowing the worst liberals to once again be elected. If every Christian actually voted in the general election, the GOP would win. And please, no comments about how both parties are the same. They aren't. They're not even close. For one, the Democrat Party platform officially supports abortion on demand at every stage of life in the womb. The GOP, while certainly not perfect and in need of an overhaul, at a minimum has sanctity of life as part of its party platform. Christians need to vote. Render unto Caesar. We were never promised our perfect candidate we were never promised our perfect candidate would be a choice on the ballot, but we can do something about not electing yet another destructive progressive to the White House. But Buddy Steve agreed with that, and he said, we've become too comfortable as middle-class voters. The Dems go around stirring up the professional voters, and they show up to the polls. What do we have to do to mobilize the comfortable American that is happy with the trash getting picked up and taking the kids to practice? The good voters are letting evil triumph by doing nothing. And my buddy Bill, wife or a husband of Sonia, said, I believe I would speak on the dead voting block. These folks seem well organized and seem to be the swing vote that snatches victory from the Republicans each year. If we could just get a toehold into those voters, maybe along with the felons, we could be victorious in November. And I believe they would outnumber the Dems who vote multiple times in each election. It would be incredibly funny if it weren't so darn true. And then my friend Craig Peters introduced me by my buddy Wes. Craig said, the loss of America, the melting pot that has gone away and become a checkerboard of self-interest groups. And then Steve added in, when did it become unpopular to become a proud American? Steve also said something that I like to quote um, death kills but one, fear kills all. We talk about fears, you talk about stress, you know, stress and fear, very similar. Let's look at college. My son Doyle and I were having a great conversation about this right before showtime, not not long before showtime. You know, getting a college degree, uh, Mike Rowe, you, you guys have seen him, Dirty Jobs, um, he has another show on CNN right now. He's He's really a funny guy, but he's extremely smart and he's conservative. He's from Baltimore, Maryland. Great, great guy. Really great guy. But getting a college degree, uh, a standard state college education, isn't what it used to be. Now you graduate from college with $150,000 at least. $150,000 in debt. It's a four-year degree. But what do you get from it? What do you get with it? Hi, welcome to Expensive Coffee, Burnt Coffee Place. I'm Ryan. Can I take your order? That's what you get, because most of the people coming out of college with a four-year degree, unless it's an engineering degree that you complete in four years, you're not going to go into a job now with that. The four-year degree now is the high school education 15, 20 years ago. Listen, you talk about stress. You know, I said I was going to talk about some of the some of the issues, some of the things going on that bring about stress and in our lives and in, 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 in this world. By the way, thank you, 
all around the world. Last week, we exceeded a uh, total number of listens over half a million people, and many of them, uh, I don't know how this happened, uh, are in Germany. A ton of listeners in Germany. So we really are honored to have you. Uh, somebody keeps emailing me, and they um, I use the... I I use the um the translator function but it doesn't really tell me what he's saying and uh I uh but so so I appreciate that I have no idea what you wrote you could be uh you could have written maybe you're the biggest jerk ever you could be saying Dr. Sean you're you're silly you're you're dumb uh you're ugly I don't know how they would know I was ugly except for my picture you know that's unretouched photo the promotional picture um I don't know, but thank you for the message. I really, I really appreciate it. But you talk about stress. How about the ISIS scourge? And and what really adds to that stress, to be quite honest with you, is the non-existent fight against terror. You know, at the top of the show, I dedicated this show to Master Sergeant Joshua L. Wheeler. I mean, this guy. He's a he he is a hero by how he lived, not just how he died. Fourteen deployments in support of the war on terror. Now I'm gonna tell you the truth. I hate that term. I do, the war on terror. You know, the government just says that so that they don't have to say the war on Islam. And then they do the qualifier radical Islam. You know? Thank you to all the people uh, messaging me. Thank you so much for that. It's excellent. I really appreciate it. Um, and for the encouragement. You know, it, it, look, there's a lot le- there'd be a lot less stress dealing with ISIS if we knew we actually had an actual fight against ISIS instead of calling it terror. Let's call it ISIS. How about, you know, you talk about a stressor. How about immigration jihad? We have hundreds of thousands of people. It's not working out well in Germany. It's not working out well in Denmark. It's certainly not working out well in France and England, Sweden. Hundreds of thousands of people. Men, oddly enough, very good shape, very well fed. Soldier-aged men. And very few, if any, women. How about the ludicrous election process? Look, folks. I know a lot of people. I read uh, Sonia's comments and Bill's comments and Steve and and everybody, uh, you you know, and Craig's. You know, look, it's understandable that you're frustrated. I I I know it. I know it. I'm I'm right with you. I've been in this fight a long time, and it it, the despair. (laughs) I'm here to tell you, folks, it's understandable. And then when you look at how hard we worked the last time. What a ludicrous process. You know, anybody that's listened to this show any length of time, they know, they know that I'm a Ted Cruz guy. They know that. I don't think anybody checks all the boxes like he does. And I'll tell you the truth, I don't think, with the exception of his voice, he has a little bit of a nasal voice. With You know, because President Reagan, I could listen to him all day long. The man could speak. But I'm just going to say, the the boxes that are important, man, Ted Cruz. 
what a lot of people have said to me, you know, what happens if Trump does get the nomination? What happens if, if somehow or another that happens? Look, I know he's not a, a, a dyed-in-the-wool conservative. I, you know what? Is he better than what we have? Yep. If that's what the primaries put forth, then I'm doing all I can to get him elected. If it's Ben Carson, all I can do. All I can do to get him elected. I'm in the fight, fight of a lifetime, because you know what? If we fail this time, we're done. We're finished. We're over. How about the IRS just recently not being prosecuted? Lois Lerner, the IRS, hashtag IRS. She's not getting prosecuted. How about all the dirty dealing going on in Washington, D.C., folks? How about the Black Lives Matter movement taking over podium after podium all across the country? A lot of stress comes from despair, folks. Despair. You want to talk despair? How about the Dallas police? Just days, days after uh, the Dallas police asked people that are in Dallas parks to leave their guns at home. They said, look, no need for you to have a gun in the in the parks in Dallas. No need. And days later, a crazy man hacked a jogger to death with a machete. Why didn't you hear that on the national news? Because it wasn't a gun. You know the really terrible, terrible thing? Is this young man was married and his wife was in such stress, such despair, such hopelessness that she committed suicide. Way to go, Dallas. Dallas, Texas. Your political correctness is getting people killed, destroying lives, and promoting evil. Let me say this. Some folks say, well, it's Texas. How could that happen in Texas? I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how. Because in every election, big or small, there's an apathy. People don't go out and vote. Some elections are decided by three or four votes. Some of the local things, three or four votes. The left finds out, hey, here's here's something that the... the Conservatives aren't watching. There's a there's a position they're not watching. And they run a, a person for it. They fund it. They they support them. They get elected. And then little by little, they get a foothold. School boards, all those things. You've heard me talk about these things before. This shouldn't be news to you. My friend Steve, fear motivates voters. It's the tactical assault on party perspective. The large-scale war on American voters. Boy, that is true. I want to ask you a question. You know, we don't. I identify with the Israeli citizen probably more closely than than most, just because of my worldview uh, and and what I do. Can you imagine living in Israel right now? Can you imagine living there? These people have never gotten a break. They've never gotten a break. One of my professors, Dr. Skip Moen, an Oxford uh, professor, Oxford PhD, he does this thing that he does, word a day, a word a day, if you Google that, or daily word, Dr. Skip Moen, you'll you'll see it. Um, really, really good. You can subscribe to it. If you make a donation, 
it's a uh, messianic. It's not just a messianic community. It's Christians who want to understand Hebrew worldview. I think it's called a Word a Day or Daily Word. I've subscribed to it since he became my professor many many years ago. Um, but but what follows? He he did a piece uh, called a religion of pieces. P i e c e s a religion of pieces. I did. Uh, I don't know how many of you know. I'm writing for the Minority Report blog. And I did a piece with a similar title. I didn't see this first, but we, we write about separate things. But by the way, I write three articles a day for them, for the Minority Report blog. Also, if you go to impeach Nancy Pelosi, I don't know why it's called that. I'll, I'll be real, I'll be real honest with you. I don't know why. Um, but but uh, it's super popular, and so all my stuff gets posted there. So. If you click on like on Facebook, click on like on God and Country Radio page, click on uh, follow on my uh, regular page, that'd be great. So I write I write three articles a day for them, so you can follow me there, the Minority Report blog. Anyway, what follows is is a daily word. This is kind of what he writes every day, and it's it's awesome. Dr. Skip Moen. On October 9th, 2015, by the way, this is real. I fact-checked this, not that I'd ever have to fact-check Dr. Moen, he's he's for real. Um, he's back and forth. He just got back from Israel. I don't know how many times he's been there, but he's there a lot. On October 9th, 2015, the Muslim cleric Muhammad Salah Abu Rajab preached to the congregation of the Al-Abra Mosque in Rafah in Gaza. In his air quote sermon, he expressly avowed that he and his brothers of the West Bank are terrorists intent on killing every Jew on the planet and continuing their killing campaign to America. He then brandished a knife and instructed his people to form stabbing squads of three or four to go into Israel and kill Jews. He praised Allah for bringing the Jews back to Israel so that they would all be in one place and easier to kill. He ended his message by exhorting the audience to cut the Jews into pieces. If you go to a word a day, there's a link there. You click on that, you're good to go. As George Bush noted, Islam is a religion of peace. I guess he just got his homophone confused. Obama often suggests that terrorism is under control. I suppose his intelligence staff forgot to look at YouTube. Cleric Salah's incitement to murder is not atypical. As he states, the military high court has ruled that murdering Jews is an acceptable and expected practice. Salah is saying that the West refuses to acknowledge, saying what the rest, West refuses to acknowledge, Islam is a religion of violence, chaos, and evil, and it will prevail. Why? Because morality makes civilizations weak. There is a solution to the Islamic threat, Dr. Moan goes on to say, greater violence. You know how I got the nickname uh, The Ninja Pastor, one of the ways I got this? I did an, uh, an interview in Israel, and I was asked the question, how do we deal? Tell the world, you're an expert in anti-terrorism, you're an expert in Islam. How do we deal with this, with this problem, with this violence? And I simply answered, bomb them to glass. Sounds horrible. You're a man of God. I can't believe you'd say that. They just need Jesus. 
Dr. Moen said correctly, there is a solution to the Islamic threat, greater violence, greater ruthlessness. They kill one Jew, we kill 10,000 Arabs. They murder one innocent child, we send a tactical or nuclear weapon to Mecca. But this will never happen because morality prevents ruthless actions. The Romans and all preceding dominant civilizations realized that ruthlessness prevails. Rome was the most brutal empire on the face of the earth when it ruled the known world. Why? Because ruthlessness subjugates the enemy physically and physiologically and psychologically. The cross was not simply an instrument of punishment. It was a visible symbol of hideous torture. It was designed to scare people to death and make them compliant. Had Rome agreed to Christian morality, it would have never it would never have successfully conquered 60 million people. In war, the combatant who employs rules of engagement loses. Did you catch that? We make our rules of engagement tighter and stricter. And our enemy has no rules of engagement. In the war, in war, the combatant who employs rules of engagement loses. The only rule in real war is to kill the enemy no matter what it takes. On this topic, you'll find Lee Harris's civilization and its enemies exceptionally enlightening. The problem with the West, Dr. Mullen goes on to say, the problem with the West is its morality. Western man has adopted a worldview that asserts that all men are rational and moral. The Western worldview is saturated with biblical ideals. Those ideals support the dignity of human beings, the hope that transformation will occur in every heart, and the belief that men are essentially rational in their ethics. It is precisely for these reasons that ruthlessness is unthinkable as a deterrent. Rational men do not chop children into pieces on global television in order to make a point. Rational men do not strap bombs to their children to send them to their deaths as suicide terrorists. Rational women do not detonate car bombs while sitting in the car in order to kill policemen. But ruthless people do all these things because Western rationality is not a consideration in their killing equation calls these men and women insane. They are not insane. They are ruthless. They are willing to do anything in order to kill the enemy. That means putting a nuclear weapon in the hands of ruthless men is the real insanity. Iran, John Kerry, President Hussein Obama, do do any of you, this is not in the article, do any of you find it odd that Hillary Clinton, the number one uh, competitor for the Democratic nomination, for president, has an Iranian as her number one advisor? Does it not surprise you that Valerie Jarrett, also an Iranian advisor, closest advisor to the president of the United States? Anybody have a problem with that? Does anybody have a problem with the fact that John Kerry's son-in-law is Iranian? Anybody? Back to the article. There's not one shred of evidence that ruthless men will not use nuclear weapons to exterminate their enemies no matter what the consequences. Couple this with a religious belief that carnage brings one closer to the purposes of Allah 
and you have a formula for genocide on a scale the world has ever known, has never known. Dr. Moan goes on to say, my dear readers, this war is at your front door. The only real question in our time is this. How does a person who embraces the morality of the Bible combat, how does a person who embraces the morality of the Bible combat a worldview that is committed to ruthless evil? What will you do to turn this tide? That wave is coming. It is devouring the Middle East and already lapping at the gates of Europe. You and I will not stop it by pretending this is a foreign problem. Ruthlessness does not distinguish combatant from civilian. Ruthlessness doesn't care. There is only one rule in Salah's ninth intifada. Kill them all. My friends all across America and all around the world... I preach this all the time. I'm not a preacher of hate. I'm a preacher of truth. I'm not a preacher of hate. I'm a preacher of truth. I wish it wasn't true. But you know, children on the West Bank, from when they're old enough to watch television, watch cartoons in which the cartoon depicts a good Muslim as killing, carrying out murders. For Allah against Jews and Americans. Folks, you need to understand. You need to understand that there are stresses all around us, but we can't hide ourselves from it. Do you understand what I'm saying, folks? My friend says our backs are to the sea and we are surrounded by enemies. And folks, there is no greater stress if you're not prepared to truly fight. My buddy Philly Bob uh, pointed me towards a New York Times editorial board. The concealed carry fantasy. The New York Times editorial board wrapped up by claiming concealed carry does not transform ordinary citizens into superheroes. And vigilantism by gun owners is what really endangers communities. Those people are Idiots. They're idiots, folks. You need to understand that the people at the New York Times are idiots. Call them what they are. Call them what they are. They, I talked a couple weeks ago about co- the co-option of the vernacular. In other words, changing of the language that we use. We, we, we have to say tolerant. We have to say it's pro-life. If I'm anti-abortion, I'm pro-life. Uh, how about if I'm pro-abortion? If, if I want uh, the people to kill babies, I'm not. I'm not at all. I'm not remotely. Pro-abortion, I'm pro-choice. It's about choice. It's about making a choice. We all love choices. I love vanilla and chocolate and strawberry ice cream. I like pistachio ice cream. I like all of it. Man, this is powerful. This is why, folks, you need to join chat if you're at a, a laptop computer where you can do this or a desktop computer, not while you're driving, of course. Uh, Steve poses the question, when did the world change to where Russia stands up and bombs people and America self-destructs 
and loses itself in rhetoric. Stop the ride. I want to get off. In answer to the question, when did the world change to where Russia stands up and bombs people and America self-destructs and loses itself, Craig answered, 2008. Well played. Well played. This, my friends, is stress. I'm not making stuff up, folks. This is stress. This world that we live in is surrounded, enveloped by stress. And I'll tell you this, this is living in linear stress. And it can and most likely will kill you. I want to remind you, Israelis deal with this linear stress daily while the world watches them and condemns them for defending themselves. Unimaginable stress. Unimaginable. We'll be back in a moment. We will be back with Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, after these short messages. Hey, listeners, let me tell you something really quick. Listen, if you own a gun, not even if you carry a gun, not even if you have a concealed carry permit, but if you own a gun, you need to listen up. You need to get a pen, you need to get paper, something. You need to click into your notes in your smartphone and and take this number down. First of all, the first number is 20630. Don't worry, I'll repeat it. 20630. Listen, you have the right to defend yourself and your loved ones and your home. All of that stuff is true. You know it is. But the moment you pull the trigger or pull your gun, you are at risk for devastating legal and financial consequences. You know, you can be arrested. You can be jailed. You can be sued. You can be fired. You can be bankrupted. Even when you've legally and justifiably used a gun in self-defense. Listen, you don't have to let this happen to you. Just call Second Call Defense. That number you want is 20630. Listen, it's going to get you a whole month free. 20630. I'll give you the number in a second. You're going to enjoy, listen, when you become a member, you're going to enjoy peace of mind of having immediate and comprehensive legal and financial protection at your fingertips the moment you pull your gun, the moment you pull the trigger, no matter where you are in the United States. You just make two calls. Your first call should always be to 911 to request an ambulance and law enforcement. And listen, we'll tell you exactly what to do, what to say, how to say it. Your second call should be the second call defense. Listen, we've got your back. It's complete legal protection for armed self-defense, and it is fully endorsed by the NRA. It's fully backed by the NRA insurance program. Folks, you've got to have this coverage. I have the Cadillac protection, which is the ultimate coverage, and I'm telling you, it is phenomenal. People say, well, I've got homeowner's coverage. That'll protect me. I've got an umbrella policy, civil liability policy. No, no, it won't. In fact, it's specifically excluded. You say, well, I'll get a public, a public defender. They'll keep me out of jail. No, they won't. First of all, usually public defenders are from liberal colleges and liberal law schools. They hate guns. They hate people that carry guns. And they're, they don't understand uh, lethal force to start with. They're overworked. They're underpaid. Is that what you want to bet your freedom on? Is that what you want to bet your financial future on? That? Are you kidding me? 877-502-3300. Secondcalldefense.org. You want to give them this number, 20630. That's a Ninja Pastor's number. You give them that, they're going to give you a free month. Go to God and Country Facebook page. 
Uh, it's facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Uh, there's a place where you can sign up. You, you know, sign up by the means of putting in your information for the show uh, to follow the show. But there's links on there. Once you do that, or on that page, there's a link there, and that will show you exactly where to go. You click on that link, go get all kinds of information. There are no contracts. You're not locked in. And once you get your money back, your free uh, month back, they, they never come back and take it back. This is the best coverage out there. Trust me. I've researched it. Hey, happy warriors. This is the Ninja Pastor here. Listen, keepers of the republic, people who care about the future of this country, if that's you, and you're not the you that just wants to talk about it, just do Facebook posts, just do Twitter, but, I mean, you really want to do something. You really want to make a difference. You're called a keeper of the republic. Our founders clearly detailed that we, the people, would keep our republic if we participated in our own governance. Self-governance, let me tell you what, requires education, participation, sacrifice, and determination, and the belief that you can make a difference. Look, you've got to do something, but what is something? As I said, Facebook posts, they won't save the republic. Neither will rallies or voter drives. It goes way deeper. And if you truly want to do something of value that is also effective, the question is, are you willing? Listen, you can go to centerforselfgovernance.com or you can go to facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. There's a link there uh, for a center of self-governance. All you do is click there. While you're there at facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, click on like and sign up. And you'll have all these links uh, immediately available to you. Super, super easy. And I can help arrange courses for you in the Northeast and elsewhere. you got to do it. You say, i got to do something. I want to do something. This is the something. This is the something really big. This is the secret sauce. you got to ask yourself some tough questions. Do you really have what it takes? Do you really have what it takes to help save this country? Do you really want to save the country? Have you given up already? Then here's the really, really tough question. Am I worth the blood and treasure already sacrificed for liberty and freedom? Am I worth the acres of crosses in Arlington, Virginia and towns across America? Soldiers who gave everything, committed everything to our freedom. How do you do it? Go to my Facebook page, facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, and then click on the link to this, Center for Self-Governance. It'll be right there. You want to do something? This is your something. Welcome back to The Collision of Faith and Politics. Here again is Dr. Sean. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you for coming back with us. Thank you for your uh, listening to those uh Excellent commercials. One of the things, uh, Center for Self-Governance, if you're in Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, really um, parts of Virginia and New York, let me let me just say this to you. You have a great opportunity with Center for Self-Governance. We're having classes in Delaware and also in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. I think it's November uh, 13th, 14th, and 16th, uh, different ones. If you go to CSG, to their website, uh, and then you put in your state, you can find the trainings that are close to you. And if you're close to a state like a state like Delaware, you know, you, you, let's say you live in New Jersey and there's no there's no classes there. Just put in Delaware and you'll see, you know, whatever bordering states, Delaware, Pennsylvania, just get her done. That's really, really important. Hey, look, let's look at the medical physiological impact and effect of fear on the human body, the brain and the mental outlook of a human being 
experiencing fear. You know, uh, my friend <clears throat> Steve, he is. Uh, hold on, let me get, let me get me, let me go to get me some water. That's some high quality H two O. So my friend uh, Steve, he he talks about um, stress being contributing daily stress uh, being the thing you that contributes to one of the biggest contributors to um, the risk factors for heart disease. That's one of the top risk factors for heart disease. By the way, uh, Craig, just uh, I don't know. I, I'm gonna see how I can do that. I'm gonna see if I can copy this. And put it on the God and Country Radio Show page. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'll find a way to do it. Uh, Craig just gave us a link to something. I think you folks, when you get home, if you're driving or if you're at your laptop now, don't stop listening to us uh, in order to do this. But um, the UN findings, they just found that Israel has the worst treatment of females in the world. An attack of terror by a useless group in a building that needs to be gone. Prime New York real estate that could be used for something productive. Amen, brother. I want us out of the U.N. We have no business being in the U.N. The U.N. is a useless and poisoned organization. Useless and poisoned, folks. I honestly see no reason for us to be there, quite frankly. Why are we there? Makes you wonder. I'm going to post this on the God and Country. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to post this on my page, the Sean Greener page. Going up right now. And the God and Country page. Going up right now. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Craig. I really appreciate that. And I know our audience appreciates it, too. Boom. There she is. There she is, folks. Uh, so you can go there and you have all that information there. That's so completely and totally true. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So folks, we're going to talk about, I'm going to close that out because I'll get, I'll get distracted. Squirrel, eagle. That's how I get distracted when I'm out, out and about doing stuff. I don't see squirrels. I see eagles, like the flying kind, the national symbol kind. So let's talk about the medical, physiological impact and effect of fear on the human body, the brain, and the mental outlook of a human being experiencing fear. Linear stress. Let me give you some examples of that. I talked a lot about that. I gave you some examples of that in, in, you know, before the last break. Um, combat, chronic illness, divorce, spousal abuse, living with a, a chronic alcoholic. They don't even have to be abusive if they're an alcoholic. It's a tough life, man, living with somebody that's just addicted to alcohol. Living with somebody that's addicted to pornography. Spousal abuse. Police work. Any kind of police work. Very, very stressful. Firemen. First responders. EMTs. ER doctor or nurse. Man, you're living. You're living in some serious stress. How about if you live in a crime-ridden area? You got nowhere to go. You got no no way to get out. You know, you're not making enough money. You don't look. Uh, there's nothing else I can do. I can't do anything else. I got to stay here. How about how about the linear stress involved with that?
Oh, man. I got to – Philly Bob just sent this to me, and I got to share this with you. This is worth interrupting. Judge allows confessed child rapist who was deemed a danger to the community to walk free after six years. Let me go back. Judge allows confessed child rapist. The, the, uh, you're recalcitrant and incorrigible. In other words, are they going to do it again? Are they, are they going to do it again and again? Is there anything you can do to help these people? The lowest rate of, of um, rehabilitation is in child sexual abuse. The, the people who commit that, they, they don't, they, they're just not, they don't rehabilitate. Recalcitrant and incorrigible. Uh, they walk free after six years. This judge allows this. A confessed child rapist walked free Friday after a Missouri judge found that the man's constitutional right to a speedy trial had been violated. Aaron Michael Fisher was arrested in October of 2009 on charges that he raped his five-month-old daughter. He filed a speedy trial motion in February 2011, but jury proceedings kept being postponed and rescheduled, sometimes at the request of Fisher himself. Folks, that's whack. That's nuts. What are you talking about? Stress. Man, our our court system is is a mess. Our country is a mess. That's linear stress. How about a business owner? If you're as an example of a linear stress, how about if you're a business owner? You never leave your business. You never leave the stress. How about homelessness? You don't have a house. You don't have a place to live. So you, so you live underneath, you live underneath uh, bridges and 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 boxes. You live in boxes. You got no place to live. No place to go. And I am here to tell you, a serious business. That's linear stress, homelessness, linear stress. How many of you know somebody that's homeless, truly homeless? Not somebody that's got mental illness, they can't stay somewhere for any length of time before they tick people off or get in fights or run off. I'm talking about somebody who's genuinely homeless. That is a high-stress life, folks. That is a high-stress life. And honestly, it's tragic. How about slavery or living in a lack of freedom or liberty, being in captivity? Being in captivity by some you know, uh, government that takes away any semblance of, of liberty and freedom and self-governance. That's where we're living now. That's linear stress never goes away. I want you to think, when, when you're thinking about linear stress, I want you to think about a weightlifter who lifts the weight but never puts it down. They're always on rep number one because they never bring the weight down. It, oh, it's just up, and they're holding it up. Oh. Look, in linear stress, your body never gets a break from the stress. It can never rest. It can never heal. It can never rectify or regulate. Linear stress, I'm here to tell you, folks, Linear stress kills. Here's an example of it, my buddy. Or work 70 hours a week and go to school to further your degree. That's linear stress. At some point, though, that will oscillate because you will be finished, because you're a finisher. 
my daughter's in veterinary uh, medicine school and uh, to be a veter- uh, veterinarian and and it's it's crazy. I mean, the linear stress is crazy from day one. I mean, they didn't even start them lightly. They just jump right in. Neuroanatomy, the hardest class. Here you go. Here you go. Linear stress, folks, chews up your stomach lining. It surges your stress hormone. There's a stress hormone called cortisol. And then what it does is it skyrockets your blood pressure. It pumps up your, uh, your, your uh, insulin, hardens your arteries, builds arthrosclerotic plaque, and then it strokes you out or it gives you a coronary. You're done. You're out. But all along the way, you worry. And your brain starts to wash itself in chemicals and stress hormones. And it actually is poisoning itself. Folks, do you understand? Lots of you are living in linear stress. And when you're in linear stress, you can't think clearly. You can't think correctly. Everything is jacked up. Everything is whack. You misunderstand things people do or say. You get sick easier because you can't fight infection. Your immune system goes to crap. You misunderstand something somebody says and and you go off on it. Because you think it's true, but it's not true. That's stress. That happens with linear stress. You just can't think clearly or correctly. You see only more stress. You see only linear stress and hopelessness. Let me tell you something. Linear stress is some kind of formidable enemy. How about how about Master Sergeant Wheeler, Joshua Wheeler, 14 combat tours 14 combat tours folks man that's some serious linear stress and we're the ones sending them into it and we we restrict them and create more stress by giving rules of engagement that are ridiculous just like uh, I have said all around the world when I speak everywhere I go if it's a if it's a counterterrorism or or dealing with Islam speech I'm giving I say it every time I say it in every interview got to get tough. We don't know what tough is. While our kids are wearing pink, no bullying T-shirts, their kids are learning how to kill our kids and us and being praised for it. But there's a lot we can do to attenuate the linear stress many of us face. I'm going to talk really quickly about oscillating stress. Oscillating stress. Stress that goes up and down, folks. Up and down, up and down, up and down. <laughs> One of my friends on uh, on chat, I'm telling you, I get in chat. It's a, it's it's a collection of great wisdom. Have a garden and raise chickens. It worked for me. It helps with stress. One of the other quotes I'm going to talk about here in a little bit. When perceived to be real is re- what is perceived to be real is real and in its consequences when acted upon by the perceiver. I'm going to give an example of that in just a minute. Oscillating stress. You know what? For some people, giving a speech is oscillating stress. Because what happens? Eventually, unless I'm the speaker, 
speech isn't going to last forever. It ends, and so does the stress. Now, I can honestly say, you know, some people say they would rather die. (laughs) They would rather die than have to give a public speech. You know what? I find that incredible because I just have never had that. I don't have that. I'm thankful to God for that. I like it, actually. But you know what gets me, though? I have to say this, and we had this happen last night. If you listened uh, last night, I apologize for the technical issues we had. I, I had a set of batteries for my wireless uh, Countryman A6, one of the best you know, microphones, wireless microphones you can buy. And the transmitter pack, the body pack, the batteries went dead. They showed, I check them every time, they showed full, and then within seconds, they were empty. They were done. So I put in my backup set, and guess what they were? Dead. But we've replaced that. I do. I have a backup recording. I have a, you know, we record it with two different sources, live, and if anything happens with that, then we record it. So that's up at blogtalkradio.com backslash the ninja pastor. That's up now. But what gets me, and I said all that to say this, what gets me really is the stress of trying to deal with technical issues. I'm not good at it. Fast enough internet connections to clearly stream the broadcast. Am I hooking everything up correctly? Are the batteries going to die out of nowhere? Man, that stresses me out. But but you know what? It's over with. Once the speech is over, once the thing is over, it, it oscillates. You know, it's going up the hill, and the stress is really high. And then you know what? You get down toward the bottom, and it's cool. You're in your garden. You're raising your chickens. You're in your hot tub. You're chilling. How about that stressful job that you get to leave after eight hours, you know, or 12 hours? Some people work 8, 10, 12 hours. You know, that's oscillating stress. No matter how stressful it is at work, you get to come home if you leave your work at work. Folks in relationships, uh, I'll tell you, no matter how good your job is, no matter how much you love it, you're going to come home with some stress. And I'll tell you right now, relationships, no matter how good, they come with stress. But it's oscillating stress. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Until you get towards the really, really bad, and then it's, it seems like it becomes nothing but bad. Again, I, I want to give you a weightlifting reference. It's like lifting weights. You lift for 8 to 10 repetitions with a reasonably heavy weight, and then you put the weight down. You shake it out. You do a little more every time. You put the muscles under stress. And what do they do? They improve. They grow stronger. They adapt to the stress, and they, during the oscillation, repair and grow. But I asked a question at the top of this broadcast. I said, where do you go when there's nowhere left to run from fear? At some point, we face the deepest facts of our lives. I've had to face that. Look, I just turned 50 in September. In this September, I turned 50 years old. Folks, I got to be honest with you. You know, I was almost killed many times, but the but one of the most recent times was, you know, in, in my head-on crash. Two of the firemen checked me and said I was dead. Called it in. It's a double fatal. Yeah, I got to tell you, man. 
I had to face some facts. Every day is painful for me. Every day. Every day is dangerous. I fell the other day. I fell on Sunday. Crazy. Craziest thing. I don't see, because of my brain injury, I don't see the change in elevation. And I stepped right off a thing and wham, that was that. I know it was rough to watch. You know, I got to face facts, you know. I wanted to go hunting on Saturday. My great friend Jerry from Pennsylvania, he's one of my best friends ever. I love that man. He, uh, he, so instead of me going hunting, he came over, we sighted in his crossbow, and we had a great time. Super great time. My friends are a blessing, man. I'm telling you, you want to talk about something that can help you with stress? Real friends, real good friends. I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have a lot of friends, but I mean really good friends, man. I keep that list short. And I'm really, really fortunate. But at some point, you've got to face those, you know, those inner child questions. You've got to face them down. You know what? There there are things that scare us. I'll be honest with you. There's things that scare us, but they won't actually hurt us. You all know, you know, they're giving a speech. Look, you're not going to die from giving a speech. Even if you bomb, you're not going to die. My friend Millie, she was announcing me. She was very nervous about it. One time I was giving a speaking engagement at one of her organizations, great, great organization up in Pennsylvania, and she was nervous about the introduction. She did great. She did great. No problem. But she wasn't going to die in the process of giving that introduction, even if she bombed it, which I knew she wouldn't do. It's not going to kill you. At some point, folks, though, we've got to face the deepest facts of our life. There are things that scare us, but won't hurt us, and that's not what I'm talking about here. Folks, I am talking about the crushing fear of something that can and will do you in. The crushing fear of something that can and will kill you, end your life. ISIS is just such an example. They're coming, folks. They're coming. Do you understand that? The hijacking of our of our great country and our governance, it's here, and they're doing it. You've got an avowed socialist running freely and openly, proudly. There was a time where that person wouldn't even say that they were a socialist out loud. Some say I'm a mean-talking counselor. You know, I've heard that many, many times. I'm all about, most of you uh, know that I do have a a life coaching practice. Um, But some say, you know, you're a mean-talking counselor. Look, I'm all about gentle and kind. I I love people and I want to help people. That's why I do this. But I'm all about telling the truth about my counselee situation. Listen, I'm here to tell you, fluffy talk will get you nowhere but poor and still dysfunctional. I'm not trying to make a Lexus payment off of people. So I tell them the truth right up front. As soon as I know the truth, you'll know the truth. And I had a counselee actually tell me this. They said, look, I have been literally to 15 previous counselors, and they never had anybody talk to them the way I did or say the things to them that I did. And I simply said to them in response, this is why I can be the 16th and final. Let's fix this. Let's be, let's be finished with this. There's absolutely a place for positive self-talk. There, There is. There is absolutely a positive, positive place 
for positive self-talk. It's beneficial in situations where everything isn't on the line. But when you have everything on the line, your life, your family, your next breath, what do you do then? Look, you, you have to fight hard to just live. Live your next 30. There's a great speaker and preacher. His name is Joseph Prince. I was on a show, a uh, television show, um, and he was on right before me. I didn't know who he was. I know that's crazy to people that such a big-time guy, and I didn't know who he was. I'm nobody. He didn't know who I was, but he's really somebody, and, and I didn't know who he was. I kind of knew who he was, but I didn't I didn't really know. Plus, he's really, really small. I didn't realize that he would be that small. But uh, he says that fear is the worst sin. Based on Romans 14.22, whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Fear does not proceed from faith, and fear leads into all other sin. What do you do when your life is on the line? What do you do when your family's life is on the line? What do you do when you're fighting for your next breath? What do you do then? Where do you go when there's nowhere left to run from fear? That's a whole different issue altogether. Being positive is certainly better than being a whiny, wimpy wuss. You know those whiny, wimpy wusses. They're negative. They're hopeless. They got no cojones. They're hopeless. Oh, no, it's the worst thing ever. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to die. Well, you know what? You are going to die. If, you're, if you've quit already, you're going to die. Because you're a, a whiny, wimpy wuss that's negative and hopeless. But that's not, even in and of itself, that's not what you need to survive and thrive. There's a blogger, now Now that I'm a blogger, I didn't used to be a blogger, but I guess now I'm a blogger, with the Minority Report blog and Impeach Nancy Pelosi on, uh, if you like that page on on uh, the Facebook, you'll see all my stuff and other great writers there. But there's a blogger, a crosswalk.com blogger, her name is Debbie McDaniel, and she reminds us about her fears and how God deals with fear for her. Um, and I'll just say this, you know, Kudos to Debbie McDaniel. Some people's biggest fear is being vulnerable, but this young lady, she's clearly conquered her fear of being vulnerable. This is what she says. This is what she says. Fear, one of the enemy's most popular weapons that he uses against us. Worry, anxiety, fear can overwhelm us with a thick shadow of darkness controlling our every move and decision. So much crazy going on around us today. Wars. Conflicts, persecution, violence, crime, natural disasters, terrorism, economic uncertainty, unemployment, divisions, disease, death. Look, we fear for our children's future. We fear for our families. We fear for our financial future. We fear for our safety. The list goes on and it's long. There's a lot, actually, that we could potentially worry about. Yet reality tells us that so much of what we spend our time worrying about never even happens. Now, my my buddy Steve, uh, he was really pivotal in this. Uh, and I said earlier, he said something that I was going to uh, touch on, and this is kind of where I'm doing that. Do you guys remember uh, an exchange a few weeks back? I talked about this, well, several weeks back maybe. There was an habitually aggrieved group that was claiming little metal wires from Japanese lanterns were actually nooses left to intimidate them. They were shown that they are not nooses. 
but rather they're hangers, very small, total length of three to four inches, total width of one and a half inches. They were hangers from Japanese paper lanterns. The hangers stayed behind. It was just three of them. And they said, it doesn't matter to me what you say. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you say is true. Why? Because they were focusing on the monsters under the bed. But there were never any monsters under the bed. But they still insisted on their belief that there were monsters under the bed, even though, say it with me, there were no monsters under the bed. Their argument was and is, if I believe there were monsters under the bed, and even if there aren't any monsters under the bed, then my reality is reality. There are indeed monsters under the bed. I'll go back to the article here, the blog here. Living under the weight of what-ifs is a hard place to dwell. I struggled with fear and worry for years. But through time, I began to find that the things that once would have sent me down an anxious spiral no longer had the same effect. It didn't happen quickly, but over days, months, and years, I read words of life and truth, soaking them in over and over, praying them out loud until they became so familiar they replaced the other things in my mind that I'd battled against. There's nothing magical about words and verses, but there is power through them because they are God's words. Change happened. Anxious thoughts began to diminish. Worry let go of its constant grip. Although fear is sometimes still there, it no longer wields control, holding me back, paralyzing me in its grasp. His words are life words, soothing to our soul, calming to our spirits, giving power to our days. It's not always easy, and it often comes down to a choice. Choosing to not allow fear and anxiety to control your life. Choosing to guard your heart. Choosing to focus, to focus your mind on what is truth and in the midst of uncertain times. We may still feel afraid, but we can believe that God is with us. We may not be in control, but we can trust the one who is. We may not know the future, but we can know the God who does. Here's what happens with fear. Uh, one of my great friends reminds me of this. Fear means you don't trust God. You know, I have a saying, hesitant faith is no faith at all. It's a trademark saying. It's registered, blah, 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 copyrighted. Hesitant faith is no faith at all. What happens is, is when you fear you don't trust God to handle or help you with the issue, then you know what you do? You try to fix it out of fear. You try to fix whatever's wrong out of fear. And let me tell you, folks, it gets all jacked up. I'm going to tell you, folks. When everything gets all jacked up like that, that's when we're in trouble. You know, we talked about potential sources of fear in the world, potential sources of fear. We talked about that. We went over the list. But you know, there's also potential sources of fear in eternity, wherever you're prepared to spend eternity. Medical, physiological impact and effect of faith on the human body, the brain, and mental outlook of a human being experiencing a living faith. Folks, it's way different. Did you know that in the complete Jewish Bible, the word fear is mentioned 247 times.
247 times. I'm going to read you some verses. I want you to, I don't, you know, um, I don't know how to put these on a list or anything like that. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe we have that. I'm not sure, but I'll, I'll figure something out. But in the meantime, just if you want to write the, the uh, as long as you're not driving, the, the verse number down. Isaiah 41.10. I'll say it lots of times. Don't panic. Isaiah 41.10. Please don't try to write these down if you're driving. Because you can listen back to this and you can fast forward. Just a few minutes after the show, the MP3 is up on, I think it's on iTunes. It's it's everywhere. It's here at Blog Talk Radio. So you can download it. So if, if you just go to this spot, it's 45 minutes, 43 seconds. You'll be able to start it from here and you'll be able to listen to the first numbers. Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Folks, we can't go too fast over that. Do not fear. He doesn't say try not to fear. He says do not fear. Folks, this is a command. For I am with you. It's not I will be at some point. It's not I will be. It's not I might be. If you're good enough, I might. He says, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God, a personal God. This is your personal God. This is God who sent his son to save us, all of mankind, but also for you. If you were the only one. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Here's another one, Psalm 56.3. When I am afraid, the psalmist said, I put my trust in you. When I am afraid, the best possible time to put your faith in Christ, your your whole life is turned upside down. Better late than never. Put your trust in God. Psalm 56.3. One I really love and everybody else really loves, but they really kind of take it out of context, is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Here's the if. If you present your request to God with thanksgiving, that's the if. And the peace of God, this is the then, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's the then, folks, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. You need to understand something, folks. This is very, very important to understand. He doesn't say don't be anxious in the things that you feel really comfortable with. He says, or that you don't feel comfortable with, the other stuff, eh, you know. Don't be anxious in anything. He doesn't say, but in some situations which seem out of your control, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request. No, he doesn't say that. He says, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, folks say, I don't know how to get this lack of anxiety. I don't know how to do it. I even know people that have chugged down all kinds of psychotropic drugs, anti-anxiety, and I say, no, it's prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, it's it's a formula. That's the if. Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which folks, don't misunderstand, which transcends all understanding. It won't make sense to your friends. It won't make sense to your family. My buddy Chris Cahalan, continue praying, folks. Your prayers are working. Chris Cahalan, 46-year-old man, beautiful family, beautiful wife. 
self-employed. Oh, by the way, Chris, you have pancreas cancer. You have pancreatic cancer. You have cancer, Chris. The scariest kind. And his peace and trust in God has transcended all understanding. In fact, a lot of people think he's nuts. I don't think he's nuts. I just think he has a secret sauce. The then there is that God will transcend all understanding. He'll guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. You know what? Have you ever been on that doom loop? That doom loop, that that thing, man, you just you're afraid and you've got so much on you. Listen, I've been through it. I have been through this. I know from whence I speak. I know lots of other people out there in the in the radio audience all around the world. You've been there. When everything seemed to be going wrong and you just couldn't figure it out. Every thought was doom, every thought was gloom. You couldn't get off of that treadmill. And it just went faster and faster. And you thought to yourself, any minute now, I'm going to fall. But you know what happens when you fall? You fall on your knees and you fall on your face. Sometimes I would submit to you that's why we fall, to get us to our knees. Here's another great one, John 14, 27. John 14, 27. Peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. Folks, I could preach hours on that one verse. Peace is what I leave with you. Folks, people tell me all the time, the reason I'm so stressed out all the time is I can't ever get to the place of peace. I can't ever get peace. I can't ever get peace. I can't stay in peace. The Son of God, Yeshua Hamashiach, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, Jesus the Messiah, he told us, peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace. Look, there's no better peace than God's peace that I sell you, that I trade with you. No. It is my own peace, God's peace, my peace, that I give you. The reason he gives it to us, folks, is because we could never buy it. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough resources. There's not anything in the world we could barter with. He gives it to us. I do not give it as the world does. How many of you know? World gives stuff, takes it away. Gives stuff, takes it away. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. That's John 14, 27. Here you go. Here's one. Come on, be strong, folks. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Folks, this fear that you have, that spirit of fear, that's not from God. That's from the enemy, Satan. That's from the liar. The devil is a liar, and he is steady busy about convincing you that you need to be afraid. And I'm here to tell you, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Remember what I said, you can't think straight when you're fearful, when you're full of fear. You don't have a sound mind. You make bad decisions because you put it all on yourself and you say, you know what, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to try to fix things out of fear. I'm not trusting God to handle or help it. I'm going to do it myself. And then you have a spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 
First John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. That's First John 4.18. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Sounds so simple. We are weak, he is strong. Jesus loves me. When I'm at my weakest, when I'm 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 struggling the most, Jesus loves me. When I can't see a way through what I'm dealing with, Jesus loves me when I trust him. You can't find your way to love of Christ if, if you're just riddled with fear. First John 4.18. Here's another one. Back to the Old Testament, Psalm 94.19. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. I want to point something out. I talked about this in my message last night to the live audience and the radio audience all around the world. Almost 40,000 people already. I, I don't even understand it. But praise God. Keep listening. I want to be helpful to you. Let me know how I can help you. Reach out. Um, if you go to the ninjapastor.com, the contact me part, if you go to there, if you have an organization you'd like me to come speak to or a church or whatever, that's how you get a hold of me or through Facebook or any of those others. Folks, if you leave me a voicemail, I probably won't get it. If you send me an email, I'm probably not going to get it. But if you do it through the website, I will get it. I have 52,819 unread emails right now. When anxiety was. This is the psalmist. He's speaking, Psalm 94:19. He says, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. What that tells you is the was and brought joy means that he trusted in a holy God, in the holy God. Your consolation brought joy to my soul. Isaiah 43, 1, But now this is what the Lord says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Let me say it again in the Sean translation, the Ninja Pastor, the Dr. Sean translation. But now this is what the Lord says, Fear not, if you... If you fear not, for I have, because or then I, redeemed you. Because you feared not, I redeemed you. I summoned you by name. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. This is God speaking to you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. You're not the enemies. You're not ISIS's. You're not uh you're not any of those things, folks. You are God's. One of my great friends, um he uh he reminded me, and I always forget to do this. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate this. The same guy who made it safe for me to go up and down my steps in my house, uh just reminded me of something very important. Folks on the Ninja Pastor, and I don't ever like to really say this too much, that's probably why I don't. If you I pay for all this stuff out of my own pocket, everything we do, all the technology, all that stuff. All that I do, you know, on my own. And our Kehala is it's so uh, – they're wonderful. They're just wonderful. 
Um, but there are a lot of expenses and a lot of stuff to this. And so there's a donate page or donate uh, button on the ninjapastor.com. If you donate, it's very safe. We've made sure it's super, super safe. The ninjapastor.com. Donate. It's PayPal. Um, I don't ever see your financial information, none of that stuff. Uh, but if you if you believe in what we do and you want to support that, then by all means, we appreciate it. Proverbs twelve twenty five, an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Folks, do you know anybody proclaims to be a Christian, a follower of Christ? Oh, man, come on. Oh, I just took a look at the chat. This is awesome. This is a great illustration. I love this illustration. One of my very favorite. A coupon is just a piece of paper until it's redeemed. Then it has value. Use the word be redeemed and you have value. Can I get an amen on that? An anxious heart weighs weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Folks, how many people claim to be Christians, followers of Christ, and they are the most negative, dark, scared people you'll ever see in your lifetime. And you wonder to yourself, how do they even decide what shoes to put on? What socks to put on? They're just so anxious. They're weighed down. They can't even leave out of the bed. But a kind word cheers them up. Stay away from those people that have nothing but negative to say to you. Psalm 23, 4, even though... I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Let me just take you back here. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Folks, even though you have to do it, you have to go through some of the toughest times of life. Folks, I am here to tell you, life is hard. When I give an invitation all across the country, when I get the opportunity to speak in a pulpit, no matter where it is, no matter what kind of church, I tell the people, look, I am not going to be that guy that says, text this number if you place your faith in Christ, text this number if you're still not sure, text this number if you say, you know, you can smell my breath from the fourth row. Look, I'm not that guy. I tell you it's going to be tough. Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus the Messiah, tells us that they'll hate you because of me. So you have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. There's no worse place in the shadow of death than the death is that valley. There's no worse place. There's no tougher place. You have to walk through. But you know what you have to do? You can't run through. You have to walk through. You have to experience it. You have to learn the lessons. I'll tell you what else, too. Sometimes we put ourselves there. And there's tuition that has to be paid. And it's the pain that we experience going through the valley of the shadow of death. The psalmist says, I will fear no evil. Why does he say, I will? He says, I will, because he knows there'll be more. I beat this one. I beat some in the past. I've, I've, I've overcome. I've climbed over you and me, Lord. We've gone through it. I know there'll be more. Until you come back, till you send your son back for us, I will have more struggles. I will have more trials. But then he also says, for you are with me. He doesn't say you'll be with me. He says you are with me. You're not leaving me. You're right by my side. That's Psalm 23, 4. Another great one from the Old Testament, Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you? 
Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Note that word, have I not commanded you. Commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord God will be. That's the then. The if is, if you are strong and courageous, if you are not terrified, if you are not discouraged, then the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Not some places, wherever. Matthew 6.34 Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Matthew 6.34 Listen, folks, you can't sail on yesterday's wind, good or bad. You cannot sail on yesterday's wind. I am going to tell you with absolute certainty, because I've been in the middle of the ocean, couldn't see land in any direction, and there's no there's no wind. Yesterday's wind might have been terrible winds that pushed you to and fro. You could you 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 lost ground. You you're a hundred miles off course now because it wasn't good wind. And you know what? Maybe yesterday's wind was great. You made good time. You were at thirty knots, just flying through the water. But one thing's for sure, you can't sail on yesterday's wind. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's Matthew six thirty four. Humble yourselves. That's the if, folks. I'm always talking about if then. Humble yourselves then under God's mighty hand so that he will lift you up. This is the then. In his own good time, leave your worries, all your worries with him because he cares for you. That's First Peter 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourselves. Folks, there's a lot of people can't figure out, hey, man, why isn't God coming and rescuing me? I'm, like, super smart. I'm good looking. I'm clearly talking about somebody other than me. I'm super smart. I'm good looking. I'm articulate. I wear all the right clothes. I have the right haircut. I don't actually have the right haircut. I'm just going to say my hair is, I think, I don't know if it's as long as when I was a kid or not. I don't know. I can't remember. I'll get it cut eventually. Humble yourselves. Look, until you're humble, you're not you're not going to feel God's mighty hand unless God's going to humble you. Look, you don't want God to humble you. You do not want God to humble you. Do you understand that when God when God does the humbling, whew, he's effective. He's effective. What's that saying that C.S. Lewis said? I, 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 I think that it goes like this, referring to the problem of pain. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts to us in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Can I get an amen? Got to humble yourself, folks. Look, I don't, I'm not a worm theology guy. I never have been. I've never been that guy that believes in worm theology. You all know what that is, worm theology? 
I'm worthless. I'm not even I'm not even worth the worm. I'm I'm worth less than the worm. I don't believe that. I'm a child of the most high. God chose to rescue me by sending his son. That's got to stand for something. Nothing I did. It's everything he did. I'm humble. Doesn't say leave some of your worries with him, by the way. It doesn't say leave the ones that you don't think you can handle, but you're going to handle the ones you can. Leave all your worries with him because he cares for you. And listen, don't be rushing God. Don't be tapping your watch going, uh, Lord, um, yeah, I, uh, I I gave this to you 10, 12 minutes ago, and it's not fixed yet, and uh, so could you get hopping? The verse very clearly says, in his own good time. He will lift you up in his own good time. Sometimes you got to be down low to be humbled. Sometimes you have to be in that very low spot to understand that God's all you got. There's a lot of wisdom in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, 35.4. Tell everyone who is discouraged, be strong and don't be afraid. God is coming to your rescue. You know who we didn't we didn't rescue? Our own president. I'm going to say this. I'm going to jump off this just for a second. I can't help it because it makes me so mad I could spit nails. And I think that the president of the United States and everyone associated with his administration that was involved in this lie to the world, not only the American people, but to the world, should either go to prison or worse for the crime that they committed. Remember on that mountain when uh, the president of the United States said, oh, yeah, there's these Yazidi Christians over there, and, uh, you know, they're they're in a little bit of a pickle, you know, uh, they're there. I don't know how many is it. Some. There's a bunch. I don't know how many. But uh, they're fine. They're fine. Oh, wait. No, those Yazidi Christians, you know what we did? In just a day or, like, just a little bit of time, we went and helped them. We dropped them blankets and food and water. Aren't we great? We're amazing. They're fine now. They don't even need us. Meanwhile, ISIS was all around them. They gave them three choices. You convert to Islam. You pay Jizya the, uh, the, the tax, or you leave if we let you. Many decided to leave, but about 4,000 were murdered. The women were raped repeatedly, even young girls raped. And our president, our president lied to the world. Said they're fine. But I'm going to tell you this. They're in the hands and the bosom of the Savior. Right now. But we should have been there for them. We should have fought for them. We could have saved their lives. The president doesn't even acknowledge this as a fact, but it is absolutely a fact. 4,000 Yazidi Christians murdered for being Christian. We are living in the end times. This is absolutely another Holocaust. This time it's Jews and Christians. Luke twelve twenty two through 26 says, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Folks, 
uh, you know, I'm just going to tell you, it's it's one of those situations. It's very, very easy to get spun out about, you know, feeding ourselves. It's so much harder. You've got the government taxing you to death. The IRS coming after you with, with impunity if you're conservative. This is this is the crazy thing. There's everything under the sun to be concerned about. But the Father tells us, look, you mastered this thing. Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, your body. Yeah, you've got to do stuff. I, you know, I'm all about personal responsibility, and I'm, I'm all about it, folks. I'm all about it. I mean, let's look, the Bible even says you don't work, you don't eat. There are groups that are excluded from that. The disabled, the widows, the orphans, we help them. That's what we do. But he says if we don't do this and we do what he says, there's lots more lots more brilliance within the scriptures. That's Luke twelve, twenty two through twenty six. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm twenty seven one. Psalm twenty seven one. This is what it reads The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? Ladies and gentlemen, all across the world, I am going to tell you something very powerful right now. I'm not afraid of ISIS. I'm well armed. I'm well prepared. My mind is strong. I'm full of courage. I've planned. I've prepared. I've 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 set my mind. I've decided. I've resolved. And now I'm going to stand. You will not come without a fight. You won't take my land without a fight. You won't take where I am with a fight. And everywhere and anywhere I go, I'm ready. I'm not afraid of you. Because the Lord, not your moon god you serve, culture of death that you follow, the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Who am I going to be afraid of? Psalm fifty-five, twenty-two: Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. You know what has to happen there? We have to be righteous. How do we get our righteousness? Imputed righteousness. The only way we get it is through Yeshua HaMashiach, the risen Son of God. The risen Son of God. But you got to be righteous. He will never let the righteous fall. Those Yazidi Christians, uh, my my good friend uh, Craig and Steve, they, they they remind me of this. If if look, the Yazidis were Christians, but if they were Hussein Obama's brother Muslims, he would have transported them post haste to our country, just like he's doing now. On your dime, I'd have had no problem with that. Let me tell you, folks, the religion of light and salvation, the religion of courage and strength, the stronghold, that's not Islam. That's a death cult. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 55, 22, Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will not let the righteous fall, folks. Be the righteous. 
Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Mark 6.50 What in the world would you do if you looked out on the water and you saw a man standing there in the midst of a storm? What in the world would you do? It would freak you out. Let's be honest, folks. Let's let's be real here. It would freak you out. It would freak anybody out. You know, I've beat this to death. The, the, the facts are clear. The facts are clear. This is indisputable. We are in a storm of biblical proportion. Here's the thing I'm going to give you. This is free of charge, no cost or obligation to you. You need to understand the context of of this passage, Mark 6.50. In in verse 45, you know, it's right after they fed the the 5,000 men. Now, it's very important. In the complete Jewish Bible, they specify 5,000 men. They're, they didn't just feed 5,000. They fed probably closer to 15,000 or more because of the women and the children that were there. Immediately, Yeshua had his Talmudim, in other words, his disciples, get in the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of the lake, toward Bietzedah, where he sent the crowds away. While he sent the crowds away, look, he needed rest. And after he'd left them, he went into the hills to pray. Look, if anybody in the world, past or present, could ever be confident on their own and never worry about anything without relying on anybody else, certainly Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, would qualify. But he didn't. He went into the hills to pray. To whom? To the Father, to the Creator, the one who created the hills. Verse 47 goes on to say, When night came, the boat was out on the lake, and he was by himself on land. He saw that they were having difficulty rowing because the wind was against them. So at around 4 o'clock in the morning, he came toward them, walking on the lake. He meant to come alongside them. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought it was a ghost and let out a shriek, for they had all seen him and were terrified. However, when he spoke to them, Courage, he said, It is I. Stop being afraid. He got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. They were completely astounded. What do you got to do? You got to get in the boat with God. You got to see him for what he is and who he is. And then you got to let him in the boat. Deuteronomy, again, another another Old Testament. People tell me all the time, the Old Testament, oh, I don't ever read that. You're missing out, folks. The only, the only reason the New Testament makes any sense or has any power is because of the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Facing battle, facing the enemy, 
says be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. Listen, don't look at ISIS and say, oh, they got me. They're tougher than me. You know what? Get tougher than them. Dr. Moen said what I've said all around the world and any venue I possibly can. Folks, we need to stop being suckers. We need to stop being whiny, wimpy wusses. We need to stop giving our kids pink T-shirts because of being bullied and teach them to fight. Because our country and our freedom and our liberty and our faith is being stolen from us by wimpy, wussy people. And a lot of them, I hate to say it, are in pulpits all across this country. They're afraid to call it what it is. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.6. Isaiah 41.13-14. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear. I will help you. Do not be afraid, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Praise be to the living God. Folks, come on. He has just told you whose you are and who he is. He said, for I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid, for I myself will help you. Now, look, there's no better help than from the Lord, our Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 41, 13 through 14 speaks of the Lord, our Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Folks, you go ahead and go against Israel. You go ahead and be one of those people that... that uh, that, that 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 stands against Israel and says that they're the worst people. The United Nations, folks, your tax dollars pay for more of the United Nations than any other nation. Yours, United States of America. I know there's people from around the world listening to this. I apologize, I'm not trying to eliminate you. But the United States, stop being a sucker. Close down the UN. Because the United Nations is claiming that there's no worse place on earth for women than in Israel. They're liars. I'll go one step further, folks. There's no safer place for Arabs, for Muslims in the world than Israel. You better stop standing against them. You better stop saying, well, we've given them enough money. We need to stop with that. They need to handle their own business. You better read you some Bible. You better read you some Old Testament. I have a series on the ninjapastor.com where you can listen to messages for free, uh, I have a series on there that talks about what happens when we go against Israel. You better pay attention. Psalmist says in 46.1 of Psalms, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. Psalm 118.6 and 7. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord, don't miss this. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five says, the fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. That does not mean, when I say this to you, I don't want you to miss this. 
I do not want you to miss this. We are not to fear ISIS. We are not to fear any of our enemies. We're to be strong and courageous. Because if we fear them, that'll be a snare. We are to trust in the Lord. And we will be kept safe because what we'll do is we will prepare. <laughs> Mark four thirty nine and 40. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Folks, he was asleep in the boat. Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus. His disciples were in the boat. It's storm comes up. And the Lord God stands up and says, mm -mm. You are under command of the Father, my Father. You better calm down. I don't think he said it like that. Say it down in Sussex County. Y'all, you better get right, wind. You better, you better act like you grown, wind. I bet he didn't say it like that, but probably said it a lot cooler. But then everything died down. It was completely calm. And he said to the disciples, Why, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Back to the psalmist, you know, so much power there. Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. First Peter three fourteen. but even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Listen, folks, if we go and fight the evil that is coming against us, and 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 make no mistake, that evil is also in Washington, D.C. Not all of them, but many of them. But if you suffer for what is doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't be worried or be afraid of their threats. First Peter 3.14 I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Psalm 34.4 Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God himself will fight for you, Deuteronomy 3.22. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, Revelation 1.17. Jesus told him, Do not be afraid. Just believe, Mark 5.36. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Romans eight thirty eight and 39. The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exult over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Zephaniah three seventeen. You know when the Lord, our God, will be in our midst when we're at war? When we invite him, when we trust him, when we have faith in him, when we believe in him, when we surrender to him. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. 
in whom I trust. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways because he loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Psalm 91, 1 through 16, conquering fear, folks, it's not always easy. And it always comes down to a choice. Choosing not to allow fear and anxiety to control your life. Choosing to guard your heart. Choosing to focus your mind on what is truth. In the midst of uncertain times, we may still be afraid, folks. But we can believe that God is with us. We may not be in control, but we can trust the one who is. We may not know the future, but we can know the God who does. Be assured, he is with you. In whatever you face, in the turmoil and the struggles, amidst the anxious thoughts and the worries of life, He is there. Strengthening, helping, He holds you in His hands. God is greater. He gives us the power to live courageously, boldly, fearlessly in this life. When many things surround us and they tell us that we should be afraid, His truth whispers strong and sure to the deepest core of our spirits, Do not fear. All that stuff on your mind, all the worries, you're probably making a mental list of it right now. Give it to him again and again and again. Replace those fearful thoughts with his words of truth and sleep in peace tonight. He knows what concerns you. He's got you covered. He's got you covered. Peace. Join us next time for the collision of faith and politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www.drseangreener.com. In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight.